always listen to your trusted team. Don't think you know everything and don't let your ego get in the way. Egos are usually the biggest kill of any business. Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools, helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here with another episode of the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to speak with both entrepreneurial leaders and influencers here, just hearing their challenges and successes as they've grown and scaled their businesses over the years. So today's guest with me here is Marcus Ogden with Quantified Communications. So Marcus, I know we talked briefly about your story and actually started out on, on the NFL. So this is first NFL player here we've got. I think you were, what, five years, I believe, with the Almost with the six NFL? years. That's correct. Yep. So first off, welcome to the show. And then, yeah, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Thanks, Jeff. So I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I'm currently now a keynote speaker, executive coach, best-selling author, uh, consultant. I'm the CEO of Ogden Ventures, LLC, which my wife and I own together. Uh, I'm a former NFL athlete. I played in an NFL for almost six seasons. I was drafted in 2003 by Jack Del Rio, who is now the defensive coordinator for the Washington football team. So I've known Jack and that, that whole family for years. And being an NFL draft pick out of Howard was amazing. I'm actually the first and only offensive lineman ever to be drafted from Howard University to the NFL. And it was an amazing experience. You know, I learned a lot about leadership, culture, great teamwork, hard work, focus, dedication, mental toughness, all those things, and a super strong mindset, how important that is. All those things I learned in my career in the National Football League. Yeah, that's it's interesting, obviously, haven't been there and don't talk to too many people that have been, but it's always one of those you see the stories of, okay, straight out of high school, obviously into, into the NFL, into the college kind of a thing there. And it, it almost seems to come to, for most of players, kind of a, a very abrupt transition kind of at that, that point out of it. So tell us a little bit about, obviously you're saying six kind of years there, what happened to, what, what happened after the NFL kind of a thing to get you where you are today? So after the NFL, I struggled with transition from playing for, again, almost six years. It was my identity. I was a high school football player, then became a college athlete, and then I was an NFL athlete. And then all of a sudden, Jeff, it was gone. It was over. So for about six months, I was hooked on alcohol, painkillers, narcotics, uh, anything to hide the pain, the depression, the anxiety. And as I was trying to redefine myself and trying to find myself again, I ended up finally getting off the couch, putting the bottle down. I started a construction business and I grew into the largest African-American construction owned business in the area of site work. We also did development, some real estate, commercial and residential uh, properties and jobs. We became an eight figure a year business empire. Unfortunately, uh, Jeff, as the company grew, so did my ego. And as a result of that, one of my best employees tried to give me some advice. I didn't listen. So he left the organization. And then I ended up going bankrupt like he predicted I would six months later, 
because I became a very horrible boss and an egomaniac. And I lost being a good leader who was a servant to his people. As a result of that, I lost my home, both my cars. I lost all of my money. I lost everything I owned pretty much in a matter of 90 days when I was trying to when I was trying to do a project for a company, I spent about two and a half to $3 million of my money. And when they did not pay back the change order as I thought they would on a handshake deal, I got the short end of the stick and it was all my fault. And I'm bankrupt and almost homeless and have to restart my life all over again. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's kind of, obviously in talking with entrepreneurs, a lot of business leaders, Many times they're already on business second, number two, number three, kind of a thing. Rarely is it the first one that, that works out quite out of the gate. So I'm rolling back a little bit. Um, obviously, most of the listeners, everybody's not an NFL player kind of doing that transition. But still, I know one of my first real jobs was was surprisingly pulled out from under me, kind of a thing. Just a, hey, restructure, we're letting you go, kind of a thing. I know I've lost contracts in that same kind of manner. What is... What's what's some of those things are looking at that transition? You said obviously six months of of trying to figure out and get out of the depression, et cetera, to go start a new company. What anything come out of that in terms of what 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 caused you to to turn that corner and to say, hey, I can go start something new. I can I can go rebuild and change after this. Obviously, going from football to construction, not necessarily a an obvious path right there. So what 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 kind of leads into that to say, hey, we can pick up the pieces here after a one failed venture into into the next or the, a new transition right there. So I was taking a course at you know, USC when I was playing in the NFL on development. So I had a little bit of experience in it, but the problem I had was I wasn't ready to give up the fact that I had not played, that I would not be playing in the NFL anymore. So I kind of kept feeling sorry for myself, but then eventually I made the decision that my life is going to either go up or down. I can't stay where I'm at. I won't stay on the same level. Just, I won't you know, flatten out because in life, if you're not learning or progressing, you're either gonna go, you're gonna, you're gonna go south. I mean, that's just the way life is designed. So that was my real inspiration for getting off the couch at that time. And then I found a business partner and I went through a couple of things and a couple of different you know, you know, directions. And I said, okay, I can get this done and let's go ahead and make this work. And so that's what happened. And it was great for a while. It was great for about four and a half, almost five years. It was uh, phenomenal. But the last, you know, it was great for five years. The last six months after I won a big award and I kind of got to a couple of big jobs that were multi-million dollar jobs. Unfortunately, Jeff, that's when the ego kicked in. That's when, you know, me, being power hungry and just over, you know, compensating for not having, you know, you know, a real, real mentor in my life to tell me how to, you know, be calm and be very, you know, humble. It really ended up taking a toll on me. And, you know, and long, long of it, you know, the short start, the short part of the story is I just end up losing it all. Yeah. Well, in looking at that, so we've, we've heard, I've talked to numerous people before that talk about growing too fast or growing a company too fast at that point. Is it so much that I'm trying to look at when you were talking big contracts and such, was it a case of just diving in too deep with certain big contracts or was it just like, oh, it was, it was absolutely growing too fast. It was absolutely taking on too many projects, too much revenue, too much, too many jobs. 
without proper funding and without the proper manpower to sustain the growth of the business. And I should have really just fired myself, fired my partner and put a real CEO and a real COO in the seats. And we should have just been owners and let them run the business and back them up however they need to be backed up. That's what should have happened. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause that's, and really it's, you look at it, like you said, you getting into that kind of position, you just didn't necessarily have the the skills of the foundation really to go through. And, and you can, I don't know, I, I think you can, like you said, if you put the right mentors or put the right people around you, you can be successful rather than completely stepping out of it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely that case. It's, that's, that's what I find a lot of times dealing with entrepreneurs is they, you've got your lane, your expertise that can only take you so far. And at some point, whether it's big projects or growing the company, whatever, you've got to get more people around you. You've got to get more expertise around you because you can't do it all yourself right there. And absolutely. Especially if you keep it in your head that, Hey, I can do it all. And that, that can be your own worst enemy right there for sure. It definitely was mine. So how did we go from construction firm, obviously being the top with, uh, I think you were saying being the top in Baltimore area, crashing that down here within 90 days or within six months kind of a thing now to where you are now. So I ended up moving from Baltimore to Raleigh after paying everything. We had $400 in the account. My fiance, who's now my wife and I, she stayed with me, Jeff, through the entire bankruptcy, the cars being repossessed, eating out of food pantries, you know, credit cards, you know, being declined at stores, the whole nine yards. I've lived through it all. And I ended up getting here, got a job with Merrill Lynch. I was almost homeless, but the NFL came in and gave me some sovereignty and paid four months of my bills to my creditors. Didn't give me the money, paid to the creditors, which gave me a chance to get my life on track. Was working at Merrill Lynch in Durham, got fired after two months, all my fault. Got to a construction company the next day. I was fired five days later. They shut down the parcel division to that operation. I lost my job. And the only job I could get other than teaching football to the youth as a small little business to keep myself from not, you know, basically going insane and not being able to pay any bills. Uh, I ended up getting a job as a custodian, making $8.25 an hour on the graveyard shift, 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. I ended up having a pivotal moment. It's called my spoiled milk moment where someone's trash, rotten meat, banana peels, Imagine, Jeff, a horrible protruding smell in the back alley of an office building. That was my reality. That's what it was like. And that's what I happened to me. And I got all that trash on me, my body everywhere. It was 4.30 in the morning and I couldn't see. The bag had a rip in. I went to throw it in the trash can. Actually, I went back to that old trash can about maybe six or seven months ago for a reenactment photo. And I, after I put that trash in the dump, I put myself picked myself up as best I could, sat myself down the curb, put my head in my hands and I cried. I'm like, what's going on with my life? And I realized that at that moment, no accountability, no ownership, no structure, and no, this, no, no real accountability, none. I have a shirt on right now that says, it says inspiration over motivation, right? I didn't have any inspiration in my life. I was all about just motivation, trying to find ways to make quick money and trying to like, you know, all this. So I said, all right, my life's not going where it wants to go. What do I got to do? Went home, wrote down my three biggest strengths, computed what I wanted to do in the process to speaker. 
Then again, I start chasing being a speaker for the wrong reasons, money, fame, all that. Two and a half years, not one paid job. When I finally wrote my first book and I said, okay, I'm trying to help as many people as I can. I got my first paid job and that was April, 2016. I started speaking in September, 2013. Got my first paid job, April, 2016. Two and a half years for Miller Mock College in Wilmington, North Carolina for $1,500. And once I got that and learned the business and started getting more coaching, more help, and I put people first and my own needs way, way behind, my life turned around. And so since then, I've worked for 17 Fortune 500 companies. Of the 17, Jeff, 10 are Fortune 100. I have some of the largest clients in their industry. One of my clients is in the food product service industry. They are 35% of our nation's catch-up. They're number one in pizza sauce, number one in diced tomatoes, red gold quality of Ellswood, Indiana. And I have some amazing clients. And even right now through the pandemic, we've been able to pivot. And I have a program about that that I'm now on the way to doing for 2021. And we've been, had, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of success with virtual events, branding, coaching. Uh, we've written, we've authored two best-selling books and we've really worked hard, Jeff, to build our brand. But again, like you said, we have a great team around us because nobody can do anything by themselves. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, congratulations on the, the books and the program and everything. Looking at this year, I know we talked beforehand, I've, I've talked with several different coaches and, and actually a well-known comedian kind of a thing that have all been in that same scenario where you're used to basically building your business or running your business on face-to-face -face events. And now this year, obviously with the pandemic going on when we're recording this right now, that's all done a major shift. And a lot of businesses are seeing that kind of pivot. And really, I, I look at it not to discount the, the pandemic or anything, but businesses face pivots any time kind of a thing, whether it's a key employee leaving or a market shift or whatever. So kind of walk us through that process of walking into the first of this year, obviously everything being based on face-to-face uh, -face events to now, like you said, new program doing virtual. What, what was kind of that, uh, I don't know whether you had any kind of leading indicators or anything on it or what, what was that? How did you see that coming or how did you say, hey, we got to make this change or we need to make this change? I saw it coming. I did a, I did a in-person event in January for Red Gold in Indiana. Then I had an event uh, in North Carolina. I had another one that was in, uh, where did I go in February? Uh, I went to New York and I had another event in March that was in Florida. In April, I started to see all of my events getting canceled. I had one in Jacksonville, it got canceled. I had one in Raleigh, it got canceled. So once that started to happen, not one or two or three, all the jobs were getting canceled. I was like, okay, I talked with my team. What are we going to do? And I said, well, Marcus, you know, we can do this. And we had talks with my partner and all the people said, well, we can start doing just like we're doing for Red Gold. We're doing for them Zoom events, you know, consulting. We can do the same thing for our clients virtual. And we have always been very active, Jeff, on social media. We post every day all kinds of content, business, family, miscellaneous community. And because of that, it helped keep the marketing pipeline full where people, we saw people who hadn't posted on social media, had to post all day, every day in April, May, June. 
business, 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 hire me, hire me, hire me. We were posting for years, not about hiring me, about who we are and what we're about and who we help. And that was huge. But we saw this coming in April. And so by June, we had made a full shift to do online coaching, right, if necessary. We got to do it on the phone too. Consulting was all on Zoom. And then all of our virtual, all of our events were virtual on Zoom. I haven't had my first live event of the year was this October in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Cleveland. So we went there in October. Then November, I had an event in Asheville, North Carolina, which was live. And then I had an event that was supposed to be this Friday in New Orleans, but it's been pushed back till January 7th and 8th in Mobile, Alabama. So, yeah. and I had another live event uh, that was early October in Daytona Beach. So I've had four live, three live events this year, right? All the, since April, all the rest have been virtual. All yep. the rest, but I've also worked during that time for Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, LPL Financial, AXA Equitable. Right there are four Fortune 50 companies, right, that we've worked for. So we have been able to pivot, thank the Lord, because of our great team and seeing from our clients early in April that it wasn't just going to be uh, a fly-by-night thing. It was going to be a real change and a pivot in the marketplace. And we worked hard April and all of May, and we had a really good June going forward. So looking at that, why do you feel like, or why do you think that leaders especially tend to struggle when recognizing that the changes are necessary in direction like this? Because we've seen a lot of businesses, I look at it, there's obviously certain industries that have been hit a lot harder than others, but I still, even talking with businesses in other industries, it seems like some have pivoted, some have made the adjustments really well, some really have not. What do you see or what, what, what do you see in terms of why one leader kind of struggles to recognize that, okay, we got to make a change or that we can make a change versus obviously the direction you guys have done? Ego. It's, it's all about your ego. When your ego gets in the way and you don't want to face reality, that's going to happen. Like with my construction company, I didn't want to face the reality that my employee was pro could have been right. So I just, you know, I just shunned them away. What are you talking about? No way. I'm right. You're wrong. See you later. Talk to you Monday. He resigns. I'll never do that again. So when I saw it coming in April, we opened up dialogue to the team and everybody expressed their opinions. We had a discussion and we all agreed this was not going to be just a temporary thing. It was going to be a lot longer than a week or a month. It was going to be minimum six to 18 months. Yeah. So we worked hard all of April and May to pivot and shift ourselves to prepare for it. And because of that, Jeff, we've had great success and God bless some amazing clients that have stuck with us and are doing well themselves through this global, uh, this global crisis. So talking about that, that meeting, those discussions, et cetera, what do you, what's, what's your experience when it comes to, or I guess more like what, what kind of process typically goes through with those meetings that you've had, obviously with your new team being more of a team-based centric rather than just a, a Marcus, Marcus knows best kind of, kind of difference. So we always, we have our team meetings uh, twice a month and we always let everybody go around any new updates they want to share with the team. Everybody goes around, there's seven of us on the call, any new updates. When everybody's finished, we go, does anybody need anything from, from anybody on the call? Everybody goes around. 
And I always close with how great they are, what they're doing. We appreciate their loyalty, their hard work. And without them, we wouldn't be where we are. And we, and we push each other in a good way to really help each other achieve our goals. And as a result of that, the team has a strong bond. We have a great culture and we're always about winning, not about having bickering, fighting or any type of, you know, any of that, because we have no time for that with our organization, with our team. Yeah. And I think I probably know where this is going already, but still within that kind of team. So you said seven right now, I think total. What, how do you rate uh, the idea of transparency within that? Obviously a big shift oh, this year impacting. It's hundred percent. It's, it's, it's like 10 that. out of 10. If yeah. you're not transparent with each other, then you can't work together. Because somebody can't tell you how it is or what they feel, in the, and of course, in a respectful, constructive way, then it's not going to work. Because eventually, all you're going to do is, I don't want yes people anymore. I've had that, been there, done that, had the t-shirt, lost it all because of it. I want team members that are going to tell me what they feel, why they feel it, and if it makes sense, we'll implement change immediately. That's the way it goes. And, I, and you've touched on it already, but still, even coming from that, that leader, that CEO perspective of building the team that, okay, this is not just about me. This is not my way. Don't, don't, hear, don't necessarily tell me exactly what I want to hear. Tell me what you really think or what's going on. So it's, it's building that kind of culture that you've talked about already there to say, hey, this is, we're truly a team here, not just a bunch of sporting roles for me. Absolutely. It's, it's about you are an important part of the team and what you say and what you feel matter so please speak up yeah so looking at it going forward a little bit obviously you're saying a few of the live events are kind of coming back what what are you seeing on, on the the perspective of the new year for the business so we're working on some great online courses and platforms we have three different ones we're working on one around mindset we have one uh working with a guy out of vegas we have one on the acronym pivot which i've sent you the uh the uh the link for that one is going to be really great because it's, we created that to help people learn how to pivot. Pivot stands for this acronym. P is poised. I is inspire. V, victory mindset. O, observing. T, tactician. In this course, it's a master class against $9.95 a month. You have access to all of my courses on pivot plus about another 500 courses around all types of professional development. We call it the, 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 Netflix, the business the, the Netflix business, you know, location. Again, you're paying $9.95 a month to have access to all these different videos around content, personal professional development to help you succeed. And what I did was I people paid me a lot of money, Jeff, to be on stage, to coach them one-on-one. People can't afford that. Some of people can't. And what I totally understand. So this was created to help people who couldn't afford the, the, you know, the ticket of hiring me to speak or my high ticket coaching, but still wanted to make a difference, still wants to actually pivot in their life and don't know how to. So for $9.95 a month, you have access to not just my information, but other information, but mine is specifically designed Jeff, to help you pivot. And we're gonna work on another one on sales. So right now we're going to a lot more automation and we're getting in Jeff with a lot of different uh, industries. Uh, getting food service, we're getting a lot with retail, and we're also getting a lot with higher education. We are very close to getting a big commencement keynote for one of the largest online universities in the country. I should get the hopefully 100% okay this week, and that would take place in February in Salt Lake City. But again, 
diversity. I met them through a podcast, Six Degrees of Separation. So for the new year, it's all about more marketing, more branding, getting on more podcasts and doing what we do best and getting our product out there automation wise so we can help more people who can't afford to pay the higher price, which I understand, get where they're trying to go. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell me, kind of wrapping this up here, we're running a little low on time. What's, if you were to go back and look at uh, history and say, hey, if I just knew this or I just, uh, what, what's your kind of one best tip or strategy that you really wish you might've known earlier? Always listen to your trusted team. Don't think you know everything and don't let your ego get in the way. Egos are usually the biggest kill of any business. So listen to your trusted team. You pay them for a reason. Let them speak. Let them be heard and process and implement their feedback when necessary to advance the business. Yep. Yep. Big key. So I'm curious, diverge on this real quick. When you're talking about trusted team, obviously a lot of entrepreneurs kind of start pretty small don't necessarily have a lot of leadership experience in their team directly. Did you ever pull in uh, other mentors or other kind of board of advisors? Oh yeah, I I hired a coach and the coach taught me how to build, become a better leader, how to build the right team. A coach, a, a coach you hire should, you should invest your dollars to do two things, be more efficient and helping you save time and being more efficient, help you make more money. I help all my clients with that. And that's exactly what my coach did for me because of them, Jeff, I was able to scale the business and get where I am today. Yep, yep, very good. So obviously we talked about the, the pivot course. We'll have that one linked here in the show notes. Uh, if people are more interested in your, your coaching or any other information, where can they go to find all the go social our, media presence website. that you're talking about? Go to our, they can go to our website, Jeff, www.marcus, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, Ogden, dot com o-g-d-e-n you can choose an email uh marcus at marcusogden.com you can also text us on our website there's a text me chat shoot us a text and or connect with us on any social media linkedin is marcus ogden instagram is at marcus ogden twitter is at marcus underscore ogden and facebook is marcus ogden okay so yeah we'll definitely get all those in the show notes here to make sure everybody can find you but Really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. That's a lot of good stuff there because it's being at the, the top, like you said, is it can be a lonely place. And unfortunately, you, if you spend a, the time focusing on yourself right there, it can be a, a very detrimental position to be in. But a lot of good Amen. lessons learned there. Really appreciate it. Thanks, so, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Thank you very much. It was good talking to you. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.